0: Hello and welcome to Game Changers, I'm Matt Goldman. As the Earth is facing an increasingly consequential climate crisis, inquisitive minds all over the globe are hard at work trying to find solutions. And many of them have been able to translate their eureka moments into action at a greater pace and scope than sometimes gloomy headlines might have us think. In this four-part mini-series, we'll meet the visionary minds who attempt to sculpt the future of sustainable energy and global resources will get a peek behind the curtains of their factory floors, hear of the sometimes surprising origins of their ideas, and be introduced to a potentially greener tomorrow. In this episode, microgrids and microeconomies. Currently, I believe the households which have got power in Kenya is approximately about 50%. So there is another 50% which has got no power at all in their households in Kenya. Largely, these are in the rural areas. That's Zachary Ayeko, a man who knows about power and electricity. As a former executive at the National Power Company, he helped expand Kenya's electricity access from 18% of the population in 2010 to 65% in 2018, the highest in mainland East Africa. But born and raised in rural Kenya, he also experienced the country's often inadequate access to electricity early in life. The first time I had power in my, in my village was in the year 1990. Before that, there was no power at all completely. The rule was set up. The standards of living were extremely, very, very low because the communication was zero. But the country is not alone in its struggles. About 650 million people in Africa live without access to power. In a continent marred by inequality and poverty, this raises an uncomfortable question. How do you bring people out of extreme poverty without wrecking the climate in the process? Conventional wisdom says it'll require the burning of enough fossil fuels to cancel out any progress the developed world makes on emissions. But in rural Kenya, a small experiment is underway. Aiming to see if it's possible to have the economic uplift without the environmental catastrophe. It's spearheaded by PowerHive, a privately licensed utility company where IECO is currently the executive chairman.
1: Okay, let's go. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want my arms crossed or does it okay? Just relax, do relax. Just
2: relax. Okay. Chris's interview 301 of 8. Three.
0: Arriving in Africa in 2008, PowerHive CEO and founder Chris Horner found a challenging landscape rife with potential.
1: Things have not really moved very much in the last 100 years, with the exception, of course, of mobile phones and mobile money and things like this. So what's happening not only in Kisi and other parts of Kenya, but all over Africa and other parts of the world, is there's a huge gap in terms of those that have electricity and those that don't.
0: Here, in Kisi, Horner found the perfect circumstances to try out his new solutions. PowerHive's senior business manager, Laura Kiplaga explains.
2: Well, we went to Kisi because we were looking for a community um, that is on the fringe of the grid, like most rural communities in Kenya, but did have the population density to make sense for us as a business. And Kisi is a happy medium. You know, they have good sun, good people who were willing you know, to sign on to the project. Um, but they, it had all the components that we needed you know, to make our business work.
0: That business? PowerHive currently manages around 25 microgrids in the Kisi region, grids that operate on solar power stored in batteries. Ideal for the sunny climate, these mini-grids are power systems that supply enough electricity for a small community. Schools and homes get electric light and internet service, Agricultural labor like maize milling doesn't have to be done by hand anymore. Electric pressure cookers eliminate the need to chop down trees or burn charcoal to make meals. All of these things raise the standard of living and relieves the environment. But there's one big problem.
2: Our typical communities are generally subsistence farming. Most of them are not formally employed. Most of them don't have formal education or have not completed anything really beyond primary education, um, and are really the bottom of the pyramid in the economy. When we first came into to Kenya and into Kisi, we quickly realized that our consumers are too poor to pay for energy.
0: PowerHive's solution is as simple as their solar panels. Create a micro-economy to bolster local businesses.
1: So we, we've introduced electric vehicles, We've uh, introduced electric uh, milling machines to, uh, to to provide a better, a lower-cost solution for milling.
0: But the starkest example of this can be found in Kukupoa, Power Hive's ambitious poultry farming initiative.
2: Most of our communities are subsistence farmers. These are people who are already rearing chicken but are limited by the capital you know, um, issue and are limited by exposure and no understanding of how to, to scale a poultry business. So we developed a program to bring commercial poultry farming to our communities, create an income for for um, our communities, and then also create a good energy customer for us as a business. So we set up Kukupoa um, in sort of joint partnership with local corporatives, whose members are all um, Power Hive customers. Um, we tend to have groups of 10. Typically, they're all women, um, or at least about 92% of women across our 20 brooder houses. Then the cooperative bring in the capital to build the infrastructure. So they'll build a brooder house, they'll buy all the equipment necessary, um, which is the heating lamps, the lighting lamps, um, feeder trays, um, and water troughs. And then PowerHive brings in the chicks. We, we provide veterinary services and feed. And then we also help um, help them secure off-takers for the poultry at the end of the cycle.
0: It's a virtuous cycle for PowerHive. They give their customers the money and guidance to start businesses that use their electricity. And then a portion of the income from those businesses pays for the electricity.
1: So the poultry business is great because it, it provides food security, but it, it, it's a uh, it's a commodity that can actually help uh, generate cash and bring cash into these communities that basically severely lack cash. And as an investor, you know, that's something that we really focus on because, you know, we want to make return on investment. We also, in order to do that, we really have to invest in the communities in which we work, uplifting our customers to become better customers, happier, healthier customers.
2: Most most subsistence farmers will keep about 15 to 20 um, Kenyaji chicken, which is like a free range chicken. Um, and these would mature between eight to two years, eight months to two years, depending on the species. Um, when you look at the yield, you know, of commercially grown chicken, you're producing 1,500 chickens and selling those in six weeks. So this is exponentially increasing the potential for in, for income for all these communities that are involved.
0: Power Hive currently operates on a small scale. But Laura believes that the domino effect could be substantial for both the company and the community.
2: Well, statistics show, with women who are engaged in business and are able to control their income, which they're able to through informal corporatives, women tend to invest more in business. They tend to invest more in in education. And that has a huge knock-on effect in their communities. Um, Typically, you'll also find that community members who do see um, or are exposed to successful businesses get inspired Mm -hmm. to do that themselves. You know, so you'll have people on some of our grids um, starting barbershops, um, people starting maybe smaller versions of um, poultry farms, um, which they can afford. And all of that wouldn't have happened if they hadn't had the exposure or understood how it can be done or that it can be done. There's one of our customers who was involved in one of the first Kukupoa projects, and she went on to start her own brooder. And I think she's producing herself 3,000 chicken. Um, And that's just off of the back of the experience that she gained on Kukupoa.
0: And as far as Chris is concerned, there might not be a more powerful way to build sustainable power grids in Kenya and Africa in general than by solar microgrids. 20 years ago the price per kilowatt of a solar panel was about $6 now it's 20 cents
1: history has shown us that uh, you know as recently as the 1960s in parts of the UK there was no electricity in these villages right the same same exact sort of customer profiles existed then that we're seeing now so it's just so we have to have a bit of patience we have to have a bit of vision but in order to really uh, accelerate this adoption of distributed energy and solar and the sort of businesses that we're looking at, we really need to make it economic. We need to make it so that the local Kenyan pension funds and other, other funds will invest in these types of businesses so that these, these grids and this infrastructure, which by the way is much more advanced and better than any of the infrastructure we even have in the United States, is now being brought here, is something that is truly bankable. So yes, they've been left in the dark for the last you know 50 years longer than their counterparts in, in the UK, some of them. But the benefit is they have the the best technology now, they have the the solar lithium ion batteries and all these other technologies that we've put in place that will stand the test of time and and have been built to last. It's opened up a huge opportunity in Africa to deliver energy and energy storage and this whole grid infrastructure and ecosystem that we're creating in a much lower cost way and in a way that actually is going to create a long-term uh, uh, distributed energy system that is actually going to s- serve Africa for d- generations.
0: This episode of Game Changers was produced by Magnus Henrichsen and presented by me, Matt Goldman. It was based on a video report produced by myself and Alan Jeffries. For a visual experience of Game Changers, check out our videos at bloomberg.com green. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. See you next time.